0: This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse.
1: Let's talk to Mary Holm now, personal finance expert. Hi.
0: Hi, Jesse.
1: How's it going?
0: Two things I wanted to say to you before Mm, we get on to it. One, that I love that song, They Dance Alone, the Sting song. You did, yeah. Yeah, I think it Sting's, It's perhaps his best song, it's his most moving song. There's a video of it with women dancing, and it's just the story behind it is haunting.
1: Yeah, you and Um, Colin Morris, eh? What what sort of era would that song be?
0: I don't know. What was it Um, called? They... They Dance Alone. Yeah. Yeah, and as, as he said about the women, in in um 1987. Yeah, 1987 was it? Yes, dancing because, because their husbands the other, and children and men have been taken away.
1: Something about the other yeah. sting songs that you you hear them to a certain point, and then you don't really get excited about them anymore, yeah, in my yeah, humble Yeah, that's opinion.
0: right. That's mm. right. And, and this is that's one that's just stuck with me. But and, and the other thing I just wanted to note, the, the government announced this morning that it's going to get on with this um, insurance kind of on bank accounts. You know, we it's come up before when we've talked about it, so... It's not coming in until 2023, which is a pity because that's a while away. But they will be doing this insurance of people's deposits up to $100,000 in bank accounts. And so um, if the bank goes belly up, you get your your money back. Is, um, that, is
1: that quite big news?
0: Well, yeah. It, I mean, they they have been talking about doing it, and they were talking about doing it with fifty thousand, and now they've raised it to a hundred. And they, there was kind of nothing coming out of the government for quite a quite a long time. Mm. I was, I was emailing off to them every now and then and saying, "Hey, what's happening?" And and they saying, "Oh, just you know, behind use, the scenes. use your government <laughs> stuff." Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, so it is a while, and in the meantime. I still think, you know, if people are putting seriously big money into bank accounts, it's perhaps not a bad idea to have it in more than one bank anyway. Not that there's any suggestion that the banks are in financial trouble, but um, it wouldn't hurt to spread your money around like that. But so that it, it's, it reminds me of the capital gains tax and that New Zealand is one of the few sort of civilised advanced countries in the world that hasn't got capital gains tax and doesn't have insurance on bank deposits. Oh. So um, we're finally kind of <laughs> catching up. I mean, there's been these good reasons offered for, for not doing either of them. It's not kind of like we just haven't got round to it. <laughs> the, the, there have been some good arguments made as to why we shouldn't do both of those things but I don't, don't buy the arguments so, yeah. so we're making progress. We but, had an um, interesting
1: chat um, probably too large a topic for the scope of today's show but just for your interest we had an interesting chat um, a couple of days ago, maybe it was yesterday, about the a new scheme by the mortgage broker squirrel that they will yeah. give you a um if you come up with a 5% deposit they'll lend yes. you the extra 15% to
0: oh. get you uh-huh. over the line uh-huh.
1: to get yes. your house deposit i
0: must out. have a look at that yeah you should yeah, yes, it's really yes. fascinating um,
1: and it reminded me um a little bit i mean it's much different to this but the uk has a new scheme as well where they uh, where the government will guarantee the extra 15% to get first time buyers to 20
0: Really? Yeah, yeah, which I thought was a great yes. novelty. We've, yeah, we've got a
1: version of that here, but. Um, it's, yes, I mean, yes. low that, income.
0: That's right. It, it's, um, I mean, because the deposit is the thing that st- people are stuck with, yeah. apparently. Quite a lot of people are pay, paying more in rent than they would in mortgage mm. payments. Um, but they just can't get the deposit together. Yeah, we could talk about that more another time, actually, because it's a good topic. Parents helping out in many different ways. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, I'm getting some letters for my Herald column about that. Yeah. But meanwhile, Bernie Madoff died last week and it brought back all these memories. Of he He's the one who, the American who, who ran the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. Um, the Ponzi scheme is where... You have investors putting money in, and, and then they they seem to be making really good returns. So more and more investors put money in, and when someone wants their money out, the person running the scheme is actually just giving them mm-hmm. the money that new investors have put in. That's pretty in, in other words, they're not making the returns they say they're making. Yeah. Um, with Bernie Madoff, it was really interesting because he was – Saying that he was making about ten percent on on people's money. Now that's not huge. That's not astounding money. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, there've been quite he a few. He was telling
1: them that he was yes, returning ten percent. Telling the world
0: well, that they, yeah. that people were getting ten percent. Um, and there' have been quite a few periods in the share market where there have been average returns of ten percent over you know five or ten years at times. Um, the thing was that he it was this kind of steady return of right around ten percent and and the people who have looked back at what was going on, said that should have been a warning to everybody. You don't get returns that high that are steady. <laughs> you don't get, yeah. you know, 10, 9.8, 10.6, that sort of thing. If you average ten, it means you're in a high risk investment, and it probably means you'll have negative returns some years mm. and twenty percent other years. But and then and then meanwhile, so Bernie was in the news for dying in prison. He was imprisoned for 150 years and he was already uh, in the 70s, I think, when he went to prison. Mm. So it was, you know, very obvious what was going to happen there. And he just died. And meanwhile, in late February, David Ross, who's kind of New Zealand's version Mm. of Bernie. I was just thinking as I was driving and I should have a look actually at the amount of money he ripped off per head of New Zealand's population. (laughs) See see how it compares to Bernie. But, um, in late February, he was released from prison. He was released early um he had ripped he had people thought before his whole Ponzi empire co- collapsed that they had four hundred and fifty million dollars in there and then then they got out twenty four million you know so it was um or is that Bernie Madoff's number... No, no, that must be that must be uh, David we, Ross's numbers. Yeah, yes,
1: we did. Yes, yes, um, yes. For people who are interested, yeah, we yeah. did a, a a longer interview about his schemes in uh, in our crimes segment end of last year. You can look it up. Oh, I must The figure yeah. I have here, jailed in 2013 for 10 years. After the Ponzi scheme collapsed, he owed, owed investors about 115 million.
0: Okay, yes. At one point, it was look, the numbers are actually all over the place. Yeah. And, and um, one of the interesting things about David Ross was they went back to the people who had got their money out before it collapsed and got extra out because they thought, you know, so they let's say they had put in 50,000 and they got 100,000 out because he was supposedly making these fantastic mm. returns. Um, and, and the liquidators went back and said, hey, you should give back the 50, the profits you made. You can keep the mm-hmm. money you put in. And there was a lot of people opposing that at the time. Of course, they said, no, I want to keep the lot. I, <laughs> I, but but they did get that money back, I think, in every case, yeah. which helped to, be dis- to distribute to the other people who had lost a heck of a lot, yeah. which always seemed kind of fair to me. But... Um, There's been a lot of regulation since in New Zealand and in America, in both countries, where this kind of thing can't go on, well, not in quite the way it did before anyway, but there's there's never any guarantees. But these days, um, like, like companies have to have independent custodians, somebody quite separate from them watching where the money's going and they have to have independent auditors coming in and seeing whether the numbers are right mm. because in both those cases these guys were just making up numbers. You know, it started out, apparently um, I was just reading a really good Brian Gaynor story about it this morning, David Ross started out doing sort of legitimate share investments for, for clients but Then he made a mistake, and he was feeding back that they were getting higher returns than they really were. And it sounds like it was a genuine mistake. But instead of saying, oh, everybody, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake, probably because that would have been deeply humiliating for him because he was becoming a bit of a hero for getting such high returns. So he... um, So he didn't want to confess to doing it wrong. So he then took sort of riskier and riskier investments, a lot of them in Aussie mining shares and that, to try and get back the money that Mm. he that he'd lost. And it just got out of hand. It's like gambling addiction, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yes, and and. Um, with pride and all that involved. Some big names caught in these things, and that's one of the messages I want to get through to listeners, is people sometimes say, oh, well, I'm too sophisticated. I wouldn't get caught by a scam. But but in America, for example, um, Steven Spielberg, a foundation he ra- ran, lost a lot of money to Bernie Madoff. Now, Spielberg might not be a... a a financial whiz, but he's a pretty bright guy and you'd think he'd have had pretty yeah. bright financial people watching over what was going on. Um, in New Zealand, Mark Hotchin of Hanover Finance, um, which in itself collapsed later on, but he has admitted that he had he was investing with David Ross. Wow. So um, people... Get caught up. Friends recommend. What happens is that you know these brilliant returns come along, and and people say this is fantastic. I'm going to tell my friends about it, and that's how these things build yeah. up. You you're. Yeah. you're
1: quite firm on not taking tips from friends, aren't you? Yeah,
0: I am. Yes, it's really and I mean, all sorts of financial advice. You hear people all the time Someone the other day telling me about their friend getting a reverse mortgage and telling everyone, else oh, she should go out and get a reverse mortgage. She's about 70 and she's all this wonderful money she's going to get and she's going to be paying, if she lives quite a long time, going to be paying a lot of compounding interest on that. You know, just friends want to help one another out, but if they're not really experts and... Not every um, lawyer is an expert, and not even every accountant is an expert in in finance. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 I've got a a friend who will often say to me, oh, my mate, the accountant reckons I should be doing such and such, and it sounds so legit, doesn't it, coming from somebody who knows presumably more about money than I do.
0: Yep, and and some of the accountants do know a lot about finance. I'm not... Saying they all don't, mm. but some of them are more. You know, they know the, the numbers of companies and that, but they don't know a lot about mm. investments and so on. So just be careful. Um, but generally speaking, I I thought, oh gosh, New Zealanders, it's about time we. With New Zealanders looking around for returns that are better than bank term deposits, it's about time we had another look at all the scams that are out there. And the FMA, the Financial Markets Authority, has got got some really good stuff on their website now, and I'm not sure that enough ordinary investors Mm. know about that. If you go onto the FMA website and just do a search on scams, or click on the investors section and then have a look at scams there, they say more more than one in five New Zealanders have been approached um, to be it, by a scammer. Men more often than women, over 70s more often than average. Um, I would say there's probably a whole lot more people that didn't even realise they were being approached by a scammer but just said, go away. You know when someone rings you. Um, cryptocurrency was the most common one that people had had um, been approached about. Yeah. So, so um, often
1: scams coincide with FOMO, right?
0: Yes, they do. Absolutely, For the fear of missing, fear out. Of missing out. Yes, it, it's, um, and you read these headlines
1: the... about people making money on Bitcoin. You think, oh, maybe I'm stupid not yes. putting my money into it. Yep. And then someone calls you up and says. Hey, hey I've, not, I've got the yeah. opportunity
0: for you, Phone yeah. calls. Look, the, the FMA says that in New Zealand it is illegal to sell financial products through an unsolicited meeting, for example, a cold call or uninvited email. So it's actually illegal. I didn't realise that. But even regardless of that, you shouldn't – if someone rings you up, get real. Why are they ringing you up and telling you about this wonderful deal? We're running a bit short of time, but no, I just wanted okay. to... Are we? Oh, good. We can go right up um, to
1: 25, too, if you
0: like. Oh, can we? Great, because there's some interesting stuff. Most of this from the FMA's website. They say cryptocurrencies is the most common thing that people... So Bitcoin, et cetera, that, that people are being approached about now. And then investment software packages, seminars, shares, etc. Most commonly, people are approached by email and then social media and then phone. So in all those ways, people are being approached... And a big rise in what they're calling imposter scams, which are where the, you think you're dealing with a legitimate company. You they They kind of take over the real company's name and can put up a website that looks um, awfully like the real website. Mm-hmm. And the FMA's got some good stuff on how to spot a dodgy website. So if you were looking on a website and you thought... Um. Oh, you know, this looks pretty good. You might want to just check out that it is actually who they say they are. The The types of scams the make talks about, one of them is boiler room scams, and these are mostly shares but also foreign exchange, cryptocurrencies, etc., where boiler rooms. I'm not quite sure where the expression comes from but you can't get this picture of a whole lot of people sitting in a room phoning people up or emailing people Mm. and pushing stuff at them and here's a little quote from the FMA because I thought whoa, it made me feel a little bit my blood ran a bit cold when I read this. They are professional persistent and convincing tactics include fake surveys, social media ads hoax calls from quote senior executives, celebrity endorsements polished websites and glossy brochures. Um, but when you try to get your money back, they have excuses or they just stop responding to you. So they're very clever at making you think they're on the up and up and everything's great. And um, as I say, some pretty sophisticated people have got caught by it, so don't think you can sort of sniff it, sniff it out. And then another type of scams are Ponzi schemes, which we've just talked about, the David Ross and, and um, Bernie Madoff. Also, just high-risk products. The FMA points out that cryptocurrencies and foreign exchange and binary options. Now, binary options—they're quick trades on price fluctuations with 50-50 odds of winning. So you get on; they catch you into doing these these trades with a 50-50 chance of winning. But in fact, if you you don't end up winning. Overall, each mm. with each trade, it looks as though you've got a 50-50 chance. Um, but in overall, people get totally ripped off. There's been a lot of overseas... A long time ago, like a couple of years ago, there were a lot of Israeli firms that were doing binary options, I remember. But God knows where they're coming from now. Mm-hmm. I mean, all over the world. Then there's just share scams where there's high-pressure tactics... Um, where they say you've got to get in quick before the IPO, the initial public offering, this company, you know, if you get in now, you're going to earn a whole lot of money. There's often, really often, pressure to do things fast Mm. in all of these. That's another your
1: your big warning.
0: Yeah, you really must. That's
1: with anyone, right? Anyone who tells you you need to sign now or or it's not going to be here tomorrow, that's what Mary says, walk away. Walk
0: away. Um, Even, you know, and maybe one in ten of them is good, but there are plenty of other good investments out there where you can take your time to think about it. Just do not ever feel like you've got to get in now to catch something because nearly always that is a sign that someone is is ripping you off or at least being too sharp a seller. the, and often with the share scams, they ask you to put just a little bit of money in at the beginning and people think, oh, well, you know, I'll put in $100, you know, and if I lose it, who cares? But but the trouble is you're in there and then they start coming up with all kinds of reasons. I well, just put just another 100 and, mm. and before you know it, you've got thousands in there. Um, so don't... It's kind of like putting... Once you've got your toe in the water, it's quite hard to, to take it back out again. <laughs> um, so don't think, oh, I'll just put a little bit in and and see how things go. Um, Excuses, they give you excuses why you can't sell your shares in a hurry and, and this is share scams. And then then there are fees you've got to pay before you can sell and get your money back, and on and on it goes. Then the software packages and seminars, which we've talked about before. Free seminars, exclusive events where you're invited and not many other people are invited. That's often with a lot of these things. Bernie Madoff was like that. It was kind of like an exclusive club for people. He's, he was Jewish, and a lot of the Jewish community in America got caught up because it was kind of like they were all in this club together and he was showing them some brilliant stuff mm. which must have been sickening for them yeah um, so there's all these different types of things a couple of tips here if you're wondering about something a, a really easy thing to do before you do anything else is Google the name of the company or and and the word scam or or the name of the company and the word warning, or the name of the company and the mm-hmm. word reviews. Well, I'd be careful of reviews because there can be fake reviews <laughs> on there to make it look good. But if you just do that, so often I've found, uh, oh, this is interesting, up, up comes some stuff saying, no, no, stay away from this. Yeah, thing. I see the um, FMA
1: has a running list of yes, current warnings. Yes, it does.
0: Mm. It does. Yes, and so you can always go there. If you just Googled... Um, the name of the firm, and warning up would come the FMA's warning, among others. Listen to yes. some of the
1: latest ones. Aotearoa Green Sustainable Co-op. That sounds good, doesn't it? It does, yes. Uh, Cash Forex Group. They sound like they know what they're doing. Yes. Bit BitQT, Baycam Investment, GHC Trades, Horizon, Horizon Online Limited, uh, CANS Trades. These are all listed as scams to avoid on the FMA yes. website.
0: Yes, isn't that interesting? You and said it's amazing. narrow
1: in the last month.
0: Yes, yes, there's, there's plenty of them. So just Google the name, for goodness sake, and the word scam. Um, don't have anything to do with anything that's not based in New Zealand because the FMA and the others, there are the, the Commerce Commission and others are the security, there are other people also um, in government trying to help people with scams, but... The minute you say it was offshore, they say sorry. Because what can the New Zealand government do? Actually, go into another country, and they might go to the to the American government or the. I mean, quite often it's an exotic country, Mm. an unusual one. Go to that government and say, "Hey, one of our citizens has been ripped off," and typically that government will say, "Well, we're terribly sorry. We can't do anything about it." You know, just don't don't mess with offshore. Um, And the FMA also says use a licensed or registered financial service provider because they've got to then, if they're registered in New Zealand, they've got to be um, have a physical address. And one thing I saw which was quite interesting tip, if you've got a physical address in New Zealand or actually anywhere in the world, go on Goog- Google Maps and have a look at the satellite picture of the building that they're saying it's based oh, yeah. Just that, that won't necessarily, you know, it could be a big flash building. It doesn't necessarily tell you anything, but it might if it turns out to be somebody's backyard. Uh-huh. Um, but I wouldn't even be going that far. I'd be you're smelling danger before you're <laughs> you're checking all this out. If you think you have been scammed, um, the FMA has also got some help for what you can do. But don't feel too comforted by that, because quite often, even if it's a New Zealand-based firm, you don't get your money back, or you certainly don't get it all back. So just be careful, people. And one final thing: if you've been scammed. Don't respond to ads, and, and if you're googling the company up, will come a website that says we'll help you get your money back from <sighs> from Fred Blog's uh, cryptocurrency, and you've always always got to put some money into them first. Just give us a hundred dollars, and we'll get your two two thousand or two hundred thousand dollars back again. And that you're just getting ripped off again. <laughs> so that's hideous. So, yeah, I just don't wanted, to,
1: that. wanted to note as well on the FMA website, we talked, um, well, I, I talked a bit about who's most likely to be targeted. And um, yes. there is a special tab, Scams Information for Pacific Communities here. And uh, they talk about uh, Pacific communities, um, Samoan and Tongan uh, communities, for example, and... Um, the scammers using the the familiarity, the trust that comes with being approached from someone from yes. your own ethnic group.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and there is information on those scams that you can download there, like PDF sheets and um, – sorry, I'm talking slowly because the website stopped loading. But they've got PDF sheets um, in Tongan and in Samoan with Which more is more information
0: neat. about that. And yeah. beware in those communities if, if the religious leader – Says, hey, I recommend this because quite often the scammer will con the religious leader, the minister, or whatever. Right. And they think genuinely that they're helping their flock into a really good investment. It's horrible when that happens. Okay.
1: So, yeah. Thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Great to have you here. Um, Mary Holm, our personal finance expert.